hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening, thanks for downloading. My name's Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com and joining me each and every week, the other bloke talking tech from techguide.com.au. Stephen Fennick, g'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Lucky number 89, I think, we're up to. Two blokes talking tech. The big 9-0 coming up soon. We're going to take a week off before we hit the big 9 I think we've got to warm up to the big 9-0. Yeah. Yes, I think that's a good idea, Trevor. Well, before we take a week off, let's get cracking. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. You know, mate, we've talked a, a couple of times about Foxtel, different innovations they've had, and I, I reckon it's one company I continuously give big raps to because they're doing things that a lot of other media companies aren't even thinking about or won't spend the money on. You know, when I look back, I go, the Foxtel Guide app is, is brilliant. Uh, I go, the remote recording facility in their guide is brilliant. You know, I can be anywhere in, in the world and I can change channels on my on my Foxtel box or I can set it to record programs. That's amazing. Their Olympic um, product was fantastic, streaming yeah, eight bloody channels uh, in really good quality. And today, jumping into the App Store for free for Foxtel subscribers was a thing called Foxtel Go. Now, in simple terms, if you are a Foxtel subscriber, so you have Foxtel via cable or satellite, um, and you pay for a package, you can download this app, you can log on using the username and password that you would use for all those other things like online and, and, the, and the guide app, and you can watch live TV. There's 25 channels. It's really only 21. There's four kind of weird English Premier League channels. Um, and if you've got those channels as part of your normal package, you can watch them live in the app. It's it's pretty bloody compelling offer. How good is this? Now, I think Foxtel uh, have just made your Foxtel... Uh subscription even more valuable yep. i think with this app uh they're really innovating and it's uh it's it's interesting because the the ceo of foxtel at the moment uh mr freudenreich who used to work at uh, freudenstein sorry we used to work at news limited he was part of their digital mm-hmm. uh the whole digital division there and, and, and i sort of knew him when i was working at news as well uh and this this really has his fingerprints all over it mm. it's a really innovative app and as you said imagine ha- channel nine and all the free to airs offering this kind of app uh it would be compelling and what i like about this one is the fact that you can use it anywhere in Australia. You can use it over 3G, 4G. Keep an eye on your data limits, though, mm. uh, and over Wi-Fi. So if you've got a healthy data limit, now normal smartphone or, or iPad uh, what subscriptions for data are normally in the gigabytes. So uh, interesting one, this one. So uh, as I said, adds even more value to mm. your, to yep. your uh, Foxtel subscription. But not only can you watch live TV, I really like the catch-up TV as well. So you've got a selection of those programs that you may have missed live uh, and you can go in and watch the catch-up. And it also, you mentioned the uh, remote recording capability. 
this also has that functionality hmm. as well. So they've really uh, killed a few birds with this stone here, Foxtel Go app. Uh, one thing about it, though, it only works within Australia. Yes. So it, uh, that you can't be uh, accessing your service from overseas. So maybe just as well because the data would cost you a packet. And just on the data, I did some tests today. Um, I think you're looking at about 300 to 350 megabytes per hour if you're watching on the 3G and 800 if you're watching on Wi-Fi. So if you use this as a viewing device regularly, you would chew through a fair bit of data. So just be very mindful of that. Look, I want to talk about a couple of really amazing features which I don't think are even visible to the average Joe. Let's say you love Storage Wars on A&E and it's on at 8 o'clock. You get home, at you know you put the kids to bed, whatever it is, and at eight fifteen you go, oh bugger, I wanted to watch Storage Wars. You open up this device, the app. You, you click on A and E and you watch Storage Wars. And do you know that you can scrub back thirty minutes and you can actually watch from the start, even though you missed it? Oh, that's god. It's- that is cool. And if look, there's only if you only got one Foxtel box in your house as well. I think this is another really cool feature. That say your wife's watching uh, the Housewives of Beverly Hills in mm. one room, and you want to watch something else, you can actually watch something else through the app. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what you're watching on your box at the time. You can. It's it's like having a second box if you like when you're at home. So yeah. plenty of advantages here. Yep, and that, that that applies. You can have three devices registered, so you can have three iPads registered on your account, and any two of them can be streaming at the same time. So I've got two Foxtel boxes in my house. I could be upstairs watching something. My wife could be downstairs. One of the kids could be watching Disney Junior, and the other kid could be watching um, Nick Junior or whatever one of the other channels, CBBS. There's literally four different Foxtel streams coming through just because I've got this new app. Now, it is only available on iPad. Android is coming. iPhone is also coming early next year. PC and Mac versions of this are coming early next year. And I've got to tell you, some of the things that Foxtel have planned over the next 12 months will blow your mind. I mean, we're talking about here, we're talking about actually being able to physically um, look at what is in your program planner back home on your on your Foxtel IQ and potentially even watching that content on the go. Um, yep. there, there's some really exciting things they're working on. No, they're, they're innovators. I, I really like that about them. And, and yeah, anything anything that can make you get you closer to a service that you pay for, uh, you know, it's fair enough. Free to wear is free to wear, and, and you know that they may be reluctant to offer that service free everywhere. But this product, you're paying for it at home. And bolting on the extra value is only just going to endear the customers, the viewers, to Foxtel. They're, they're very innovative uh, and keeping their customers close. Now, as you mentioned, though, it is only available for residential subscribers uh, through cable and satellite. So if you are a subscriber of Optus Fo- TV through Foxtel, uh, those other products, you know, Foxtel on Xbox, Foxtel on Internet TV, or Foxtel on the T-Box, you can't access this service. Yeah. So you need to be a fully-fledged Foxtel subscriber with a proper set-top box at home. And their vision for you, if you are that person, is that you'll actually be untied from that box and you'll be able to watch your Foxtel content wherever you are using that subscription that you pay the money for. Uh, you can listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. You can read both of our reviews of the Foxtel Go concept at uh, Stevens is at techguide.com.au and mine at eftm.com.au.
there's been plenty of news around the iPads which have been released lately. We went over to the launch, iPad mini, iPad fourth generation, and as Apple are accustomed to doing, uh, a few days after the launch, they come up with another announcement uh, naming the number of million devices <laughs> that they've sold from that particular launch. Now, in this case, they announced they sold three million iPads. So that's iPad mini and iPad fourth generation combined. Now, hmm. we've got to remember a couple of things here. Three million uh, sales is, by Apple standards, I think a little disappointing. Hmm. Uh, when you consider that the iPad, well, uh, granted it only went on sale, the Wi-Fi model only, hmm. that's the reason why there were probably shorter lines. I was at the George Street store last Friday, and there wasn't, I don't think, a third of the amount of people that, that were there for iPhone 5. Hmm. But when you take into account, okay, they sold three million, which is great, but it went on sale in thirty-four countries on day one. They managed three million sales. Mm. The iPhone five in September went on sale in eight countries. They sold five million of them. Mm. So, comparison uh, for Apple standards, I'll repeat, it is probably disappointing. Still very respectable. <laughs> yeah. What it, it, yeah. if there was a four G model uh, sold on day one? I think that figure would probably be double, but still uh, slightly down by Apple standards. And that's the point. Apple standards here dictate that it, that it might be higher, and other people would aspire to those numbers. I just think it's it's a somewhat of a fundamental error that they would release a product um, half-baked. So the, the Wi-Fi-only version, and you can't walk in and get a, a 3G version. I know people today that asked me, uh, and I had to put them onto the iPad 2 because that was the price range they could get for the 3G version of that. You know, it's it's very unusual for Apple to not to have the products ready, and I think they're actually a little bit behind the eight ball in release standards when you look at even the iMac. You know, it should be available now, but it's not available till November and then December, and it's just very strange change in the way they've approached this launch. Yeah, I agree. I think, though, the reason for that staggering of the products, though, Trevor, is just so they can get the products made. You, they're coming off the back of iPhone 5, which is still today very hard to find. Mm. Uh, and, and I think them being able to make a lot of the Wi-Fi iPads and the 4th Gen iPad, the Mini and the 4th Gen straight up, keep the four the four G's are probably being made as we speak and then going to go bang with a, with a release late November. Mm. Uh, the IMAX, again, they're going to have to really ramp up production. But just, just on these numbers and the lines outside stores, it was funny to read some reports uh, that about the disappointment uh, that, that people are showing. Yeah. People hasn't, I read one report saying, well, no, it hasn't really warmed, uh, hasn't really interested people. The lines only went back one block from the stores, <laughs> which I find found quite humorous. I think the other companies would give their right arm mm. if they could have lines back a block from their storefronts. But anyway, that's, uh, again, by Apple standards, they're, they're judged at a higher standard uh, by other companies and with good reason, the world's most valuable company, very successful. So, uh, yeah, they've set a very high bar for themselves. And the most important thing will be in six months or a year when they say they've sold $200 million in total and they've literally doubled their two-and-a-half-year original tally of $100 million. I mean, that's what's going to happen here long term, but it, it is just an interesting micro uh, look at, at Apple when you look at these particular particular sales figures in the kind of month of October, November for them. But look, by Christmas time, they'll have these things rolling in the shelves. So um, look, it's just interesting that they still put out the figures, I guess, but um, that's what Apple do. But do you know what they'll say to all those other companies when they release that 200 million, um, that 200 million figure? Yeah, How well, do you like them apples? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's exactly it. How do you like them apples? You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. 
Now, while you cautiously await uh, Call of Duty, whatever the heck it's called, coming out very, very soon, and uh, you'll be lining up at midnight and all that kind of jazz, I was really excited this week, or last week, to, to play Need for Speed Most Wanted. Now, Need for Speed's an ongoing franchise, it's been around for a while, and I play a lot of driving games, F1 2020. 2012, 2010, 2011, I'm all those. Established, Trevor. You're a driving man, and you're I'm a, a first-person shooter man. That's the difference between you and me. <laughs> and the two of us could do very well around Sydney. I think so. Drive by shooting. Um, so <laughs> I'll shoot. <laughs> yeah. So the issue here is, you know, Test Drive Two Unlimited was a great game. Forza is a great game. There's a lot of good driving games, not um, racetrack driving, just driving games. And Need for Speed is one of those style games. Now, what I absolutely love about this game is you get in the game and you can essentially drive any car. All you've got to do is find it. So even the the most exotic and the fastest and the best cars are somewhere in the map, and it's a huge city you're driving around. There's somewhere to be found and for you to drive. Normally when you play these games, you've got to drive them forever and you've got to pass challenges to win the cars and all that kind of jazz, which really annoys me because not a lot of people have that time to spend. So Wrong, I think... That that alone, I think, is really it adds to the playability and the repeat yep. playability of these sort of games. You, you and you, you'll admit this yourself. Driving games can get a bit repetitive if there oh, isn't yeah. that kind of feature built to it, where there's a, there's another challenge or you got to search for something or get you know beat a certain time and do those certain things. So having that in this game in Need for Speed Most Wanted really adds, I think, to the interest in the game and and as I said, the the playability, the the reason you pick up the controller and want to play it again. Hmm. I think that's a big factor. And essentially, you've got here two ways of driving this. You can literally drive around, look for these uh, these cars, and then have some fun, chase the police, whatever. But there's also just simple challenges like knocking down billboards and all these different things, speed cameras, all different stuff. But then there are, there is the ultimate challenges, which is to beat the most wanted cars. So there's these 10 most wanted cars on the road, and you want them the most. They're the ones you can't get until you challenge for them, and, and you actually have to win the race and do those challenges to get those cars. That That is an appealing thing that you can get into if you if you want to. But aside from that, you can just play the bloody game and really enjoy it. I've got to be honest, aside from F1 2012, which is you know the best racing simulation game I've, I've ever experienced, Need for Speed Most Wanted is the most enjoyable driving game I've played. And if you love driving, I just couldn't recommend it high enough. So, What's your favourite car, mate? What was your car of choice there? Yeah, no, no, there's one. I can't even remember the name of it. It's like a back mono, but it's this like open-wheeler-style car, and it's just it's like driving a go-kart, mate. Just <laughs> awesome. So driving around the, the highways and, you know, running through speed cameras, all good fun, all uh, legal, not the sort of thing I do on the road, obviously, and uh, most enjoyable. So literally a great Christmas present coming up, and if you're listening and you, you love those kind of games yourself, Need for Speed Most Wanted. That's the one to check out. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Connecting with innovation, that's what they do, and they connect you and your devices to the internet. So if you've got a, a router sitting there that's getting you on the internet, you can either replace that that modem router with a Netgear product which connects to the internet and distributes the internet through the home, or you can get yourself a top-quality, brand-new Wi-Fi router from from Netgear and their new wireless uh, 802.11ac um, range of routers are, are the, the bee's knees. They're the bee's knees of routers because they get you the fastest possible speed and they, they're future-proofing your home and small business as well. Um, if you're looking for a new router or you think you're not getting the best performance from your router, check out the Netgear range of products at Netgear. 
netgear.com.au. We don't just um, recommend them, we use them, uh, and, and we enjoy Netgear products in both of our offices here at Two Blokes Talking Tech, and we recommend you check them out as well. So if you're in the market for a new router or modem, check out netgear.com.au. Now, you know, TV brands is a you know funny thing, really. You've got all these Samsung, Sony, all these different things, but a brand that has been around for a while, but it's kind of just jumping straight back is TCL. TCL uh, Australia announced today that they've added approximately 180 new stores to their distribution footprint. So this is a pretty big deal when it comes to taking on those big guys, isn't it, Steve? Absolutely, yeah. I actually went to see the TCL stand when I went to IFA in Berlin uh, a few months ago. Uh, and I've got to say that their their major hurdle is overcoming this notion that Chinese brands are inferior. Hmm. Now, in China themselves, they're the number one brand of television uh, and, and are doing really well. And in a country like China, that's pretty good. Yeah. A lot of people live there. But uh, another thing, too, that they've got uh, on their side is the fact they've opened up this brand new factory in partnership with Samsung. Uh, to produce these new panels and smart TVs, and they've come out on top of this uh, this new deal through Harvey's Domain and Joyce Main as well. They've come up. Uh, their goal is to become the fifth the, the fifth major brand. We know the big four: mm. Sony, Samsung, Panasonic, and LG. But their goal is to become that other brand, the fifth major brand that offers quality uh, and value at the same time. And their latest, they've got a new 55-inch uh, edge-lit LED TV, uh, their, their series, the 7300 series. It looks terrific, and, and it's probably priced well below uh, its competitors. So inch for inch, uh, the pricing there would be very competitive. And as I said, they're getting over that notion. They need to get over that notion, that, 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 and they're slowly doing it. That, uh, that Chinese brands are inferior when, in fact, if you have a look at the quality, and I've seen these with my own eyes, they're excellent quality TVs and well worth a look. It's interesting because we are a very brand-loyal country, and I get, I'm just taking a guess. You'd know better than I, but I, I'm guessing probably Sharp is, is that next fifth one down, so that's who they're trying to knock off. Would that be the case? Sharp, Toshiba, mm-hmm. uh, even Kogan. Yeah, of Kogan's course. taking a fair bit of market share, and he's proven uh, that, you know, value value products sell. You sell mm. them at a good price. Yep. People are going to buy them. Mm. Now, TCL, I think, is going to sort of try take up that zone maybe between Kogan and the major brands and sort of that in-between in space there. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think it, it's at the end of the day, the customer is the one that's going to win. So they're going to see plenty of options from the top of the line uh, all the way down to the cheaper brands, the value brands. So I think it's probably going to put pressure on the major brands to stay competitive and to stay relevant to the customer as well. They don't want to price themselves out of the market. So the only thing, of course, that those other major brands have, like Samsung and Sony, are huge marketing budgets where they can advertise their yeah, products. Exactly. But TCL, I think, with this new deal through Sam, through uh, Harvey Norman, are going to be uh, literally in front of a lot of people in stores so they can judge for themselves whether they're worth it or not. Oh, don't get um, them wrong. They would have done a deal that includes them being in catalogues and all that kind of stuff. So Harvey's, um, you know, this this is probably, if I'm to look at this from the outside, this is Jerry Harvey's way of taking a stab at Kogan and people like that because he needs to be at this lower price point. He needs to be able to offer products that are good, that are big, that are, that are the latest, but they're also cheaper. And uh, he needs to have that offering in his catalogs to get people into the stores and potentially upsell them to other things too. Absolutely. Yeah. TCL, uh, check it out. Um, it's, it's, it's not a bad brand. And I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. Stephen mentioned that they were number one in, in China. You know, Lenovo is the number one 
computer brand in China. Now, that is a brand that is going strength to strength in computing. Don't kid yourself. In a few years, TCL could just be that style brand when it comes to uh, major TV. So check them out. TCL. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. While on the subject of TVs, Trevor, a nice segue into our next segment uh, is from one of the big four companies that we mentioned, uh, and that company is Sony, and they've uh, officially released the 84-inch 4K Bravia TV that I first saw back at IFA back in Berlin. We spoke about it on the program a couple of months ago, uh, but the biggest news of all is the price. Now, uh, steady yourself when you listen to this. You may need to sit down. <laughs> the 84-inch 4K Bravia TV can be all yours for $24,999. Yeah, because that's what we've got uh, lying around. You need to have seriously. a very healthy bank balance. If you didn't win Oz Lotto this week, uh, you may have to work a little harder to afford this television. Uh, and it's, look, 4K, it, you know, it's a lot of money but you're getting a lot of TV. It's 84 inches. I've stood in front of this thing. It's massive. Uh, it's got four times the resolution of full HD, uh, and it's got a really terrific upscaling ability, so you can upscale Blu-ray to 4K quality. But is it worth 25K, Trevor? No. <laughs> That's a pretty easy answer. I mean, no. In a couple of years, it may only be 12, so you never know. Would you jump yeah. in now and buy it? No. Uh, and I think they've also included for the money, and you'd expect this from them, $25,000. You get a dollar's change out of twenty five grand. They come and install it, deliver it, uh, inst- you know, set it up, teach you how to use it, and I think come back and wash your car once a week, I, I was, think, is part of the price. That would be good if they did. I was Don't just going to say case, that. But for that kind of money, you'd expect that kind of service. But uh, look. Great TV. I saw it again last week uh, when we did a demo of the uh, Sony ES series uh, speakers that we're going to talk about later. Uh, and again, I just marveled at the quality. But 25K, you'd want to be traveling pretty well to afford it. Word of warning to the people that are just reaching for the checkbooks right now. Th- there's a real problem with these big TVs. I was standing in front of an 80-inch uh, Samsung today and a uh, spectacular-looking television. But... When it's crap content, it looks crap. So, for example, Sky News is not the best quality content on Foxtel. Uh, And when you enlarge it to 80 inches, it looks appalling. So you really got to make sure you're watching a lot of HD content, let alone hoping that there's going to be a lot of 4K content. The downside exactly is, what is that is that there's not a whole lot of 4K content. That That's a subject for another day. Hmm. 4K content is very, very uh, scarce at the moment. And how they're going to deliver it to the customer is a totally other story. Like I think a full-length 4K movie is something like 400 gigabytes. So I don't know how many Blu-ray discs that'll fit on, but that's a problem for another day. And, and just on that same delivery thing, you know, um, hey, HD channels in the in the in the free to air spectrum are about 19 megabytes. Well, a uh, 4K is about 300. It's never going to happen in free to air, so it's all going to be about internet or some other form of delivery. Yeah, or upscaling, though. Upscaling does look pretty good. It may look good, but for 25K, I'll take my money elsewhere. Sony's 84-inch 4K Bravia. Check it out. Techguide.com.au. I will admit, I swear a bit, and mainly when I step on Lego. Um, <laughs> i got to be honest, it's possibly the most painful thing in the world. If Lego could do anything, it would be to have some sort of, you know, if over 80 kilos of weight is placed upon it, it kind of self-destructs or something. 
anyway, I, I was reading with great interest a story on techguide.com.au this week about a really cool little Lego app. And essentially, it's very basic, but you take a photo of a block of Lego and it creates an animated game or, or animation around that, which is just very cool. I, I, I thought this was a simple and really cool little thing to, for, for parents to get on their phones to entertain the kids, mate. Absolutely, yeah. Lego, it's a brand we've all played with uh, as kids. Even our kids are playing with them now, and their kids will probably play with them as well. But uh, it's enter the virtual world is what I said on Tech Guide. And, uh, yeah, as you said, you just take a photo of the, uh, of the piece, and then you can choose whether you want that piece to turn into a rocket, into a shark, into a banana, into a crab. Uh, and there's all these little animated games. They're, they're just controlled by the accelerometer. You've just got to tilt your phone back and forth and uh, to make the moves. Nothing too taxing, but still quite challenging games. A lot of fun. It's a free app. Uh, and uh, it's all part of Lego Festival of Play. They've got a series of these digital and social uh, events as well as these apps to celebrate Lego's 50-year anniversary in Australia. And it's unbelievable. And this is the kind of thing that just gets kids hooked on Lego even more than they already are. You know, my son just loves mucking around with his Lego, and this is just something new that he can do with just one piece of Lego and my phone. And then you won't be able to step on it. If you do step on it, you're going to break it. Yeah, exactly. And, so and you step know, on his iPad or the phone. Exactly. Keep it keep it simple, people. Take photos of the Lego instead of playing with it. Yeah. Play with Lego in your phone. It's much safer for you. Uh, you can read more about the Lego app at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, I've got to be honest, mate. Our one-minute reviews here, I'm, I'm very nervous about your first item because it's not really... I mean, it's not your average everyday product, is it? You want to tell us about some high-end speakers? Yes, start the clock, one minute. Sony has returned to high-end audio. Their new CEO, Kaz Harai, is a part, it's part of his passion, is high-end audio, and he decided that Sony needs to get back into that space after 25 years. The result is the ES series speakers, which are handcrafted out of Japanese maple and English birchwood, uh, and they are they sound terrific. They've got uh, aluminium cones and, and triple uh, array uh, tweeters at the top of the speakers as well. But what's gone into them? They've actually gone to concert halls and into high-end digital cinemas and taken recordings uh, and taken that those learnings to recreate that sound quality for people in their homes. Now, these, these uh, speakers, the ES, they're floor-standing speakers. They're quite large. They look terrific. No price yet. Price is TBA, to be announced, but expect them to be several thousand dollars when they're released in December. Yeah, maybe if you're buying a 4K Bravia at 84 inches, you might also want to upscale and just make it 30K, give it to Sony and get some high-end speakers. Uh, interesting concept and very expensive. Now the second one is a company we've we've heard a lot about innovating very nicely in the in the in the cover and and kind of case space from Wally. That's right. Yeah, great uh, comp- product from an Australian company, Studio Proper, down there in Melbourne, have come up with the Wally M, and M is short for magnetic. Now, what it is, it's a series of smartphone cases which have a little magnetic plate built into them. They don't look too thick or bulky. They're actually quite thin. But at the other end are the different mounts that work with them. There's a wall mount, a car mount, and a desk mount. Very timely product now with these new laws saying that you need a mount in your car if you do want to use your phone and touch your phone while you're driving to make calls, etc. So a great product 
for you to use. Uh, there's a whole set of, uh, as I said, mounts that you can choose from. Pick and choose. Pick your case. Pick your mount. Get the whole set. Uh, really easy to use, very attractive looking cases as well, and a really handy way to have your phone literally within arm's length, whether you want it to, it's for work, whether you want to watch a movie, or whether it's handy just to have it in your car. Wally M mounts, and you can order them through studioproper.com.au. I'm going to come in on your space here, and I'm going to give you something else. In a, in a one-minute review, and it's also from studioproper.com.au, uh, and it's called the Clumsy Case. Now, this is a uh, an iPad case, which is literally rubber, um, a hard rubber so that it can actually stand the iPad up. Uh, it directs the sound out the front, and uh, you can stand it up on, on its on, on space. It's a ugly, weird-looking thing. looks like an alien, but it comes in pretty cool colors. But the key thing to this is, if you've got kids and an iPad, you could literally, and they demonstrated this in a video, and I, ch- I, I encourage you to check it out at studioproper.com.au, the, uh, the, the clumsy case. They literally threw this thing, you can throw it uh, on a, against a concrete wall, and it just bounces around, and the iPad stays completely safe. Uh, if you've got young kids and you've got an iPad in the house, you need to find something like this. Uh, the clumsy case is a great opportunity for that kind of thing. It's uh, $39.95 with international shipping. It comes in a range of colours, sky blue, candy red, apple green, uh, and you can check it out at studioproper.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And mate, just as we wrap up here, I, I want to spend a, a couple of moments with a very important piece of advice, uh, a learning from the Your Tech Life Labs here. Um, please install Find My Phone on your iPhone. It's a very important thing. Uh, my wife lost her phone last Friday and uh, it spent three days on Pennant Hills Road and um, it was still working. Um, it crossed the road in a uh, Otterbox case, so that saved its life. It was still working. Someone found it. They rang us. Unbelievable. And literally, you know, my fault, new phone. We didn't install Find My Phone on. Had we have had that on there, we would have found it that afternoon. Find my iPhone. The most important thing you'll ever do to your iPhone, don't you think, mate? Great advice, yes, and uh, I hope that your wife is very appreciative of your efforts of retrieving her phone for her. Look, she is. Unfortunately, it did spend a night in the rain. Um, it was still working, but uh, I didn't have one of those rescue tech packs around, um, so we I took it. I've got them here. I'll send you one. Yeah, a bit late. Uh, took it to the <laughs> Apple store, and for $300, we got a new one. It's an iPhone 5 too, isn't it? Yes, thanks, Scoop. Thanks for rubbing it in. It's now Ooh, an, it's now an $1,100 iPhone that. 5. Yes, yeah. exactly. We got we got we got it back, and, and and a good Samaritan made the phone call. So uh, that is two blokes talking tech episode eighty nine. And as we said last week, we're going to take a week off. Stephen's uh, celebrating twenty years of, of marriage, which is a wonderful achievement, mate. Congratulations! And thank uh, you very much. Yes, my bride and I will be heading to Hawaii for a week. So uh, the listeners, I hope you don't mind us having a week off, and we'll be back bigger and better than ever. Uh, that's Trevor and I. I'm talking about now <laughs> in episode ninety. And I look forward to unfollowing you on Facebook and Twitter, so I don't see any of your annoying happy bloody holiday snaps because I'll be working uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech we'll be back in a couple of weeks with episode 90 uh, have a great uh, break mate uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech Two Blokes Talking Tech you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.